Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry. We have a ton of stuff to get into today. Let's do it. Hello again, everyone. Like I said, my name's Jonathan Terry. You are listening to the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. As I said, uh, thanks for joining us. We have a ton to talk about that I am very, very excited about um, and some stuff that I'm not super excited about. But to give you kind of a layout of how today's show is going to go, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Pac-12 and the Big Ten's decision to cancel all fall sports due to the coronavirus, kind of what it means for the players, what it means for the conferences, and and what it means for the fans ultimately. Um, I'm going to go into the first-round matchups in the NBA playoffs, go through each of them, say a player to watch out for for each team and each team's goals, as well as the prediction for how I think the series is going to go. So let's start uh, with, let's get the tough stuff out of the way. Let's talk about the Pac-12, let's talk about the Big Ten. Um, they announced, a couple, I think last week, that, that they were canceling all full sports. Uh, and I waited on a little bit, want to make sure I got uh, my thoughts all in order, uh, everything making sense before I, I went out with a, with a strongly worded opinion. Um, but first things first to get it out of the way, uh, I don't, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. The, the decision doesn't make sense um, for, for a couple reasons here. Um, the first being you look at every other sport that's going on and whether it's right or wrong, they're running. Okay. Whether or not you agree with it. And, and that's kind of the thing is I, I'm not trying to make this a, uh, an issue of, of science or an issue of politics or whatever the case may be, but I'm just looking at the facts, um, looking at some, what some of these other uh programs have done um, and the fact that they're still running you know whether or not it, it is difficult you look at the MOB's case it's a challenge but they're still going everything is is okay um, but I, I don't like it because we're doing it so early on you know, we're in August uh, some of these conferences like the SEC I know they're doing all in-conference play which was already announced we, we knew that going into it um, but but the SEC is pushing back all the way till September 23 to try and make things work um, which they're basically saying, look, we want to play football, but we understand that there are some extenuating circumstances that might make it difficult. How can we uh, make sure that we are doing the right thing to get that, um, to, to assuage those fears, but also play football, right? They're, they're giving themselves over a month to uh, to make everything work and, and look at what the NFL is doing, look at what um, the MLB is doing, kind of take some of their things, the good things, and, and disregard the bad stuff and make the best program possible that that keeps players safe healthy and ultimately doing uh, and playing the sport they love and you look at it from from a football perspective um and and some of these guys i don't think it makes sense to play college football especially if you're if you're like a, a guaranteed a spot in the in the playoffs uh, i mean not in the playoffs in the draft uh why play you look at micah parsons big 10 linebacker penn state uh, opted out of the season and i think it makes perfect sense if you're not paying me money why am I endangering my my life? You know how little or big the, the case may be. Why am I putting myself at risk whatsoever? Um, if I know I'm going to the next level, um, and and so if I was a player in that stance, you know probably I wouldn't play. But but to be honest with you, the guys that want to play are playing, which I think is great. You, you look at the hashtag we want to play that was going around on Twitter. Uh, that, that's the second part of it that I don't like. They're not really listening to what the players want. And yes, you can say because they don't have a union and that sort of thing that they, they don't have to listen to them. 
Um, but that's something I want to see change. I want to see them use this leverage and actually go into uh, go into this sort of uh, issue with the mindset of, you know, we want to make a difference. We want to see what we can do to, uh, you know, really give ourselves some leverage here in this situation. Um, because, you know, obviously, uh, well, hopefully, there's not going to be a, a pandemic like this, but players deserve to be heard and deserve to have a voice, you know, whether or not they're getting paid, um, which is another part to why I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of this, because the, are the players being consulted? No, because you look at them and they're, they're pretty much putting together a united front of saying, we want to play football. Um, and if that's the case, perfect, let's do it. Let's play some football, but it doesn't really seem like they're they're being consulted in this whatsoever, uh, because ultimately, I think for the two, two uh, conferences that canceled, it was a money thing. They're losing money, um, you know, and obviously football is going to bring in some stuff outside of you know with TV deals and that sort of thing. But but some of these other sports really don't bring in any money whatsoever, and so it's they're basically saying, look, you guys aren't are, aren't making us money. That's it. We'll take it away. Um, and, and for those guys, you know, the Micah Parsons of the world that are first round, second round picks, you know, it's like, fine, whatever, we'll work out, train, get drafted. But for those mid round guys, late round guys to guys who aren't even on anyone's radar yet, uh, it's a big deal. It's a big blow, especially if it's your senior year. How else are you supposed to be noticed? How are you going to stand out? Um, and, and that's being taken away from them without their voice even being heard, which I think is very selfish. Um, by these guys uh, and, and the higher-ups that are making the decisions for the conference and, and one of the biggest reasons of why I don't like it. Um, and finally, something that's really going to affect these conferences, whether or not they understand it, um, is something my buddy Graham said, a guy who's been on the podcast before, talked about it a little bit. Um, he said that this is really going to hurt them in recruiting more than they realize, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. Because you look at the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12, they're playing football. They're, they're Or they're at least right now doing everything they can to ensure that a season happens. Um, but it, it, it's it's very difficult to uh, look at the, the Pac-12 school and say, you know what, when it came down to it, you chose the money and you chose, you know, whatever the case, um, without even going for it. Um, a month and a half before your season could have started. You can push it back really as far as you want to, um, but that speaks volumes to players who are, are thinking about committing their livelihood and their NFL dreams or their their NBA dreams in the hands of these conferences that are just saying, you know what, uh, when push comes to shove, we like money more than we, uh, when, than we value the players, uh, which is a tough pill to swallow for a lot of these guys who are in those conferences. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out for that over this next month. Uh, especially with with these three conferences that are deciding to play, how are they going to do it? Um, because ultimately, uh, what it comes down to is these these universities are asking the players to come to school, um, you know, interact with other people and all this sort of thing. But you're going to draw the line at football. Uh, seems pretty questionable to me at, at at what you can and can't do uh, given the circumstances, which just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I don't I don't like it. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see over the next month or so how these other conferences decide to run with it. And, you know, you look at Justin Fields, quarterback for Ohio State, uh, started a petition that last I checked had over 200,000 signatures on it of trying to reinstate the uh, football season. So maybe there's going to be a push there. Who knows what, what what's going to happen? Um, but yeah, I feel like at this point the damage is done because of these two conferences saying, yeah, we're not going to play. Uh, it's going to have decades of impact on them. Uh, more th more so than I think they realize. But switching gears here, getting into another topic, one that's a little bit more lighthearted. We've got the NBA playoffs coming up. So exciting. Uh, these last few playing games have been absolutely electric. Damian Lillard putting on a show. 
you know, TJ Warren coming out of nowhere, Devin Booker and the Suns going 8-0 and just narrowly missing the playoffs. Uh, it's really had it all, and we haven't even gotten to the playoffs yet. Uh, but like I said, we're going to go into each team's uh, chances, you know, what, they're, what they need to do, their goal for the series, a player to watch for in each team, uh, and then ultimately how the, the series is going to go. So starting with the Bucks and Magic in the Eastern Conference, the Bucks have dominated this series, won all four games uh, that they've played so far. Margin victory of 17 points. And the Magic didn't even crack 105 points once. Uh, it just doesn't look good. Jonathan Isaac tore his ACL, unfortunately. Um, it's just the things keep piling up, and I don't know how they're really going to overcome it at this point. Um, Mark, Markel Fultz has been a big improvement, which has been super cool to see him resurrect his career a little bit there. But the Bucks right now are the hottest team in the NBA um, or, or at least close to it in terms of what they can do when they get going. Um, the Bucks' goal for the series, sweep the sweep the Magic, stay healthy. Uh, the Magic's goal is this, in, for this series is to stay in every contest. They don't have to win it, but if they can be within single digits of every game, uh, that's going to be a big-time improvement. Player to watch for the Bucks. I mean, the easy answer is Giannis Antetokounmpo, but I'm going to go Brooke Lopez. I think if he can get out and hit that corner three consistently, get into a rhythm, uh, and really space the floor— it's going to be very difficult to stop because you're going to have to choose uh, letting Brooke Lopez hit a wide open three or a driving uh, reigning MVP coming at you towards the basket. Uh, and, and that's going to be a tough choice. So I want to see him get going, get hot, and stay consistent throughout this whole playoffs, uh, especially if they're going to make a deep run. The Magic School in this series, uh, or the uh, player to watch in this series for him, is DJ Augustine. He had a, a big game one last year against the Raptors, which helped him steal a game and you know really start spark questions of wow, can the Magic do it? Uh, regardless of the fact they were they they were taken out in the next four games, um, but he's going to be if they're going to steal a game, he's going to have to drop thirty points. You know, do something similar to what he did last year. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's going to be your guy if the case. I mean, Vooch is going to give you twenty and ten every single night. Aaron Gordon's going to wow you with. Uh, something. I don't know what. Um, Evan Fournier, you know, they've, they've got some pieces there. Mark Carroll Fultz, we've talked about him a little bit, but ultimately what it's going to come down to is um, some sort of performance by a guy like DJ Augustine for them to even steal one game. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. I've got the Bucks winning all four of them, sweeping the Magic and moving on to the next round. Uh, now the 2-7 matchup, we got the Raptors and the Nets. Uh, the Raptors were uh, obviously the reigning NBA champions, got pretty hot in the bubble, won a ton of games, uh, and, and played really solid. The Nets went 5-3, and three, which is incredible, all things considered, missing Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant, and Torian Prince, uh, signing a couple big-time names that have done some really good things, Tyler Johnson and Jamal Crawford. Um, in the season series, the Raptors lead 3-1, to one, uh, and, and it's going to be a tough uphill battle. Uh, obviously, the, the goal for the Nets here is to, to stay stay close like the Magic, maybe steal a couple, um, and, and prove that their role players can play big-time uh, moments because all the guys that they've got together, um, they're going to be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, if not the entire NBA next year. Uh, and and the, the whole goal for them is to stay with it, stay healthy. Karis LeVert has been making some big steps. He's going to be my guy to watch for the Nets. Um, and just the way he plays, you know, he's got 30 points uh, or whatever, but how, how is he going to stack up against his Raptors team, who's one of the best defensive teams uh, in the NBA? Uh, for the Raptors, their goal, same thing as the Bucks. They got to sweep. They got to stay healthy while doing it. Um, and, and my player to watch in that series is, uh, or for, for the Raptors, is going to be Fred Van Vliet. 
he's moving his way towards, he's going to be one of those sneaky guys that might get a max contract once his contract expires. Just the way he's been able to play a gritty, hard-nosed player who can score some buckets when he has to. Um, but he's going to have to show out in this series proof he can carve himself out a nice role in what could be a deep playoff run for the Raptors. Uh, but ultimately, you know, get himself a nice payday if he does choose to leave Toronto when his contract is up. Um, but uh, ultimately, it's going to be really tough for the Nets. The Raptors are one of the hottest teams in the bubble right now, um, and I think they're we're going to see another sweep, uh, the Raptors over the Nets 4-0. Next up, we've got the Celtics and the Sixers, one that I am very excited about. I think it's going to be a great series. Obviously, being a Celtics fan helps a little bit, but... Uh, you look at the groups that they put together. Um, it's going to be a fun series. Even though the Sixers are, are a six seed, you know, you really can't overlook them. What Joel Embiid can do, even without Ben Simmons, uh, they've got Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Shake Milton. I mean, it's it's a solid bunch of guys, uh, and, and they're going to be, it's going to be a tough round. I think this may be a series to watch, save for the Thunder and Rockets. Um, so, so it's going to be a good one. Some storylines. Can Kemba Walker stay healthy? Can he get all the way back to full strength? Because um, we haven't really seen him work super hard in these play-in games. Um, obviously, keeping to a minutes restriction, no back-to-backs, that sort of thing. Um, and and that's going to be key. You know, can Jason Tatum keep it going from an offensive standpoint? Because he's been on an absolute tear. Uh, for the Sixers, what can they do without Ben Simmons? I think this is something interesting to look out for. If the Sixers can get out of this first round here um, and prove that they can play without Ben Simmons, I think the Sixers genuinely start to entertain some Ben Simmons trade offers because it's got to be one or the other. You can't keep both. I've been saying it for a while now. They play almost similar styles of basketball, um, and, and you you just can't have that simply, um, especially in today's age, if it doesn't involve a three-point shot. So if they can go deep with Joel Embiid, you know, they might start putting the air to the floor, seeing what's going on. I've heard that Cleveland is putting together an offer package for Ben Simmons, maybe they maybe they start to take it seriously, you know, get a couple of first-round picks, help lengthen out the dynasty a little bit, and get Joel Embiid some help. Um, so that would be something very, very interesting. Uh, Al Horford coming back. Well, not coming back to Boston, but coming back to play Boston. That's going to be fun. Uh, get to see him play his former team. He was that stopper, you know, for us defensively uh, against the guys like Joel Embiid and Giannis and, and Pascal Siakam. So without him, we have definitely struggled. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it's going to look from the other side of the table. But some story or some some goals here. Uh, first for the 76ers is to win, um, but to do so, um, you know, like I said, prove they can win without Ben Simmons and prove that they, they are a team to be reckoned with, even though they're a six seed. Um, so win, you know, in 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 a in a couple games, don't push it to seven, get out of there early and just straight up dominate games. And I think it's very similar for the Celtics. You got to build that momentum. Not only that, but you also have to prove that you can stop Joel Embiid uh, because in the next three rounds, you know, you're going to play probably the Raptors and then the Bucks, and then it's going to be the Lakers or the Clippers. Uh, And in all three of those, you've got guys that are offensive firepowers. Uh, You'll go from Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Giannis Antetokounmpo to either LeBron or Kawhi. Um, And if you can shut down Joel Embiid now and get him out of the way early it's going to do go a long way in proving that hey look we can play with these guys we can stop uh whatever they have to offer some of the best offensive weapons in the league um so that that's going to be key for them especially building confidence if they do make a deep playoff run uh the way i think the season's or the series is going to roll i've I've got the celtics in six i think they're going to do a really good job there's going to be a couple games where joel Embiid goes off maybe a 40 20 game but ultimately, the Celtics have so much offensive talent surrounding them. 
Um, and it's it's going to be absolutely crazy. Uh, players to watch. Joel Embiid, obviously, for the Sixers. He's going to be their main focal point of the offense. Um, and then for the Celtics, a guy I want to see uh, really get going is Gordon Hayward. Um, he's, he's shown some promise. He's shown some flashes uh, and reason to get excited. But he's got to keep that going because he's going to be that key cog. You know, he's that third, fourth star that we have um, that if he can get hot and, you know, have a couple games of, like he's had, of just super efficient shooting, getting 30 points, uh, that's going to go a long way in deciding a couple of these games. So I've got the Celtics in six, but it's going to be a fun one. And then finally, in the Eastern Conference, the last matchup we have is the Heat and the Pacers. Uh, and obviously, the first underlining uh, storyline is Jimmy Butler versus TJ Warren. TJ Warren has had one of the best eight-game stretches we've seen from a guy who is, you know, a, a, a below-fringe all-star, not quite there, um, to to now a bona fide superstar dropping 50 in his first game back and really carrying the Pacers in a couple games with Victor Oladipo uh, still injured and Sabonis coming back from his injury as well. Um, this one's going to be a great one. I think the Heat are a young, very exciting team. You look at Tyler Hero. Uh, you look at, at um, what Jimmy Butler's been able to do with the group. They've also added Andre Godala, uh, just all the way around Jay Crowder. Just so many guys that can get out and score. Um, and obviously their uh, Rookie of the Year candidate, Kendrick Nunn. It's, it's an incredible group of guys, uh, and to see what they've come, how far they've come in such a short time is, is honestly pretty awesome. Um, so this series, obviously the guy to watch for the Pacers has to be TJ Warren. Can he keep it going? Can he keep his, his team in a couple of these games by scoring 30, 40, maybe even 50 points? Because um, that's what's really going to win them games. I think it, it's going to be tough outside of that because the Heat are just so deep. I mean, they've got eight guys that are really just solid um, you know, the starter quality players. Uh, it, it's almost, it reminds me a lot of the Clippers, maybe a little less star power, but overall reminds me eerily uh, close to to one of the best teams in in the uh, the Western Conference. I tweeted it out a couple couple weeks ago. You know, you got to hop on the bandwagon while it's while it's still rolling with this with this Miami Heat because they can make some noise. Uh, and and if they get out of it, who knows what they could do to the Bucks? You know, kind of kind of keep things alive there. But uh, that's going to be a fun one. Really good series. Um, player to watch is obviously, like I said, TJ Warren for the Pacers and then for the Heat. I want to see what these rookies can do, specifically um, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn. So those are my two guys. Uh, if they can prove to be effective uh, early on for for the Heat, it's going to go a long way to, to you know, they, they've got some solid guys together, solid role players, solid starters all the way around, um, and even rookies that are contributing like veterans. So that's something to look out for there. Um, and then some goals. For the Heat, I think for both teams, really, you, you, you want to put it away early. But for the Pacers, get Victor Oladipo healthy by the end of the series. Get him going back to, you know, all-star level where he was at, um, whatever that takes. And then for the Heat, it's to get, uh, to, to keep that spread going. You know, keep keep that Duncan Robinson shooting touch hot. Um, keep him alive in every game and, and, and win, you know, you win in four or five. Put the Pacers away early. Don't even make it a contest and get geared up for the Bucks. You don't want to look past them, but uh, it's you know you, you you might as well get prepping for the Bucks. Uh, and if they can get out to a fast jump uh, every single game, then it, then it won't be long before they're doing that. Moving over to the Western Conference now. Um, oh no, I didn't say who I thought was going to win the series. Um, <laughs> I think the the Heat are going to take it um, in six. I think the Pacers are going to play well a couple games. You know, we're going to get some from TJ Warren. Victor Oladipo is going to come back. But ultimately, um, you look at what the Heat are doing, um, and, and even though they are 
the the five seed technically. They've got a solid group of guys, uh, and I and I think they're just going to get better as they play more and, and get into that groove. Um, moving over to the Western Conference, we got the Lakers and the Blazers in the first round. Can we can we stop talking about the Blazers winning the series, please? I, I I don't get it. I don't understand where it's coming from because you look at the eight games that the Lakers have played, and people are saying, "Ah, oh, LeBron, you know, this is one of the worst teams he's ever played with. He's having trouble. He's struggling." Come on. Have you not watched LeBron for the past decade? He's playing with one of the best teammates he's ever had, playing his smartest basketball of his life, and he's coming into the playoffs with the most rest he will ever have in his entire life. I I don't understand where the where the confusion comes from. Uh I mean it's 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 crazy to me that, that guys like Colin Cowherd are saying that LeBron isn't gonna get out of the first round and that the Blazers are gonna win the series. The Lakers are closer to sweeping the Blazers than they are to losing this series to him uh, at this point. And look, it's not that I don't love Damian Lillard and I don't really, really enjoy what he's been doing on the basketball court because I do. I have absolutely been having a blast watching him play basketball. But simply put, you you get a guy like Danny Green on Dame, whatever, he scores 50 points. Who are you going to get to guard LeBron? Who are you going to get to guard Anthony Davis, right? Those guys could go 30 in their sleep against the Blazers' defense. It's it's unfortunately one of the worst defenses in the league and the reason why they were in such a hole to begin with um, and, and why they really had to fight and claw to get into the playoffs at this point. So not really impressed um, from a defensive standpoint, and that's really what it's going to come down to because the Lakers, people forget, are one of the best defensive teams in the league, and it's only going to get better uh, as, as time goes on and the intensity ratchets up a little bit. So player to watch for, for the, the Blazers. Um, I mean, the easy answer is Damian Lillard, but I want to see what Melo can do. Let's show us something here. Drop 25 points, 30 points. Maybe steal a game because of his play. Um, that would be exciting. That's something I want to see because we know what Damian Lillard's capable of. Um, but what can the guys around him do? Obviously, C.J. McCollum's playing with a broken back spinal, as he said uh, in his interview. But uh, it's yeah, I, I want to see what these role guys—not even role guys, but some of what the other starters can do to, to keep him afloat. Yusuf Nurkic had a huge game in the playing game. Um, following the tragic loss of his grandmother due to COVID-19. But he, he's another big guy. Like, what 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 are those guys going to do to show up and, and help Dame? I think that's that's something that, that we need to be looking out for here in, in this series. Um, Got to watch for the Lakers. I, it's it's kind of a, an open one. I think I, I want to see a role player shine, like wh- whoever that may be, whether it's Quinn Cook, Kyle Kuzma. Um, I want to see one of those guys have a really good Alex Caruso have a really good series uh, because that's what it's going to come down to you know you've got your your core piece uh, your core pieces put together but they're missing I mean right Rajon Rondo's hurt Who, what point guard's going to step up who's going to make that difference um, because it's going to come down to those couple moments where the couple big plays by those role guys that are going to swing games I mean you look at Kyle Kuzma hitting that game-winning three uh, against the Nuggets uh, obviously a great play call by Frank Vogel absolutely incredible um, but it's going to be moments like that that really that really shine. Uh, go for the Lakers, same as the Bucks and the Raptors. Sweep, stay healthy. Uh, go for the Blazers. Prove that Portland is a free agent destination because Son Whiteside's contract is coming up, and I do not think he's going to be getting 25 million. Which means with some cap maneuvering, they could have space for a a third uh, max contract or a guy who just you know a fringe all star that fits just below the bill. So. They got to make it uh, a fun place, you know, maybe steal a couple games, push them to six games or something like that. 
um, and, and that's their, really their goal for the series. But it's going to be a sweep by the Lakers. I, I think plain and simple, Dame could go off for 51 game, uh, but if they, they're able to shut down everybody outside of him, the Lakers are going to still win regardless. Um, and, and that's unfortunately you know, what it's come down to and, and kind of how the Blazers are, are built. We, we've talked about it before. CJ and, and Dame are really good players, but they're so similar that it's really taking away from, from what the, the other guys have to offer. And you got to trade CJ. If, if you want a real shot at a championship, you need uh, another wing, a uh, score defender, a guy who can do it all um, to compliment Damian Lillard in order to really make a deep run in these playoffs. The next matchup, uh, which I am so excited about, so many points are going to be scored. It's the Clippers and the Mavericks. Uh, Luka Doncic has been one of the best players in the bubble. Uh, so fun to watch, just lighting it up with his passes, scoring, you name it, he's he's done it. Um but you're going up against the Clippers uh, and a team who is really eight or nine guys deep. They're getting Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams back for this first-round matchup. Um, and Luke is going to be seeing a lot of defenders, a lot of really good world-class, talking all-NBA first-team defenders in Patrick Beverly uh, and, and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard um, at once on one team, uh, which is crazy and absolutely annoying for you know, one of the game's brightest stars. I still think they're going to light it up, score a lot of points. People are forgetting how well Kristaps Porzingis has played. He has a couple 30-point games, shooting really efficiently. Um, obviously, would like to see him attack the basket more, but you can't hate on, on some of these results and what he's been able to pull together. So that's been really encouraging to watch. Uh, for the Clippers, how are they going to mesh? Can they get things going now that they have everybody back? Um, people are having the same questions for the the Clippers as they were for the Lakers, and I think both are still dumb. I think it's it's you know you're you're still missing uh, the big picture there. But ultimately, uh, some goals for the Mavericks. I think the goal for the Mavericks is to push it to seven games, and I think they can do it realistically. Um, they they've got the star power. Uh, you know, Maxi Kleber, Tim Hardaway, uh, guys like that are capable of, of scoring big points and being a big part in that offense and being those key role players like we talked about for the Lakers, um, which could be the turning tide and turning the tide in some of these games. Um, so that's the goal for the Mavericks is to push them to seven. The goal for the Clippers, I, I think you got to dispose of them early. Four or five games prove that you are the team to beat in the West, even though you are the two seed. Um, and, and just put it to bed, shut down Luka, shut down Kristaps, and, and go from there. Uh, player to watch for each team. I want to see how Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams do coming back. Obviously, there's going to be some rust, but I don't think it's going to be the end of the world for them. Uh, see how they get integrated into the offense and, and kind of go from there. And the guy to watch for the Mavericks is going to be Kristaps Porzingis because sure, uh, uh, Luka is going to dominate or he's going to try to dominate, but it's going to be difficult because they're going to be putting all their attention on him and, you know, as great as the Clippers defenders are, they don't have a guy who's even seven foot, let alone the seven foot four uh, that Chris Sporzingis is. So if he can use his his length and his height, he can really turn the tide in a couple of these games. And it's going to be Chris Stapps, not Luka, that I'm going to be looking for every game uh, to deliver in those big moments. Moving on here, the three seed and the six seed matchup. Uh, another good one. We've got the Nuggets and the Utah Jazz. Um I mean, honestly, you look at these two teams, they're probably the most overlooked uh, in the Western Conference, and it, and it, for some reason, just makes sense that they get put together. Um, the Nuggets are young and exciting. You look at what Bull Bull was doing. Uh, you look at what MPJ was doing. It's a fun group, and that doesn't even go into Nikola Jokic and, and Jamal Murray and, and 
all, all those other guys. But it's going to be a tough matchup for him in the first round. Um, I think Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, uh, Joe Ingles, they're all playing well. They're meshing together. You know, there was going to be some, there were some concerns about team chemistry following uh, that whole issue, but it seems like they've gotten that all under control and, and it's going to be a lot of fun um, for them now playing a, as the six seed. But a guy to watch for for the, the Nuggets, I want to see what Michael Porter Jr. can do. You know, he's, he's gotten a couple really solid games under his belt, but playoff basketball is different. Maybe playing in the same arena may not have um, those, those sort of things, but it's still going to be very different um, and, and I want to see what he can do when the when the, the light shine their brightest. And I think he's very capable of dropping 30. And he's going to look like the steal of the century uh, in, in a couple years when he's an all-star. And they got him at the end of the, the or the middle of the first round. See with Bull Bull, middle of the second, absolutely insane to me. Um, a guy to look out for for the Jazz, Mike Conley. He's got a lot of experience, a lot of playoff experience. And he's got to lead these guys uh, because you know, you look at that group, they don't have a ton. Um, and I'm very skeptical about the way the Jazz are built and whether or not it can lead to success. Um, so I'm interested to see what they can do here. Um, I mean, I'm hoping for the best, but the the way they're built, it just doesn't feel like they've got a superstar um, in, in Donovan Mitchell. I think he's going to be uh, an all-star, but he's he plays similar to D Wade in the sense that I think he's always going to need a guy that's better than him in order to push to that next level um, and, and get to where he wants to go. Uh, so in this series, I've got the Nuggets. I've got them winning in in five. No, six. I got them going in six. I think the Jazz are going to give them a run for their money, but ultimately the Nuggets are going to pull this one out. Uh, and last but certainly not least, the most exciting matchup in this first round of the playoffs. we got the four seed and the five seed, the Houston Rockets against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, and I talked about a lot before we got into the playoffs that I was a little bit skeptical in how the Rockets were going to perform, but they came out of the gate red hot um, and hitting threes like crazy. And I'll take it back what I said. You know, I, I thought they weren't going to be able to to put it together, but I was wrong. Uh, they're, they're a good group, a well-built team, uh, and, and now that they're hitting threes, they're scary. I think they may be one of the those later seeds along with the Mavericks that nobody wants to face. Uh, just because of how hot they're able to get and how hot they started right away, you know there wasn't any any uh, pushback um, as they were getting into the bubble and getting into playing. But the Thunder are really good too. They exceed a lot of expectations. You look at what Shea Gilgis, Danilo Gallinari has done. Chris Paul has been the leader and the anchor on that team, and Dennis Schroeder has been very uh, a very underrated piece uh, and and getting some credit here with the Six Man of the Year. But uh, you look at how these teams are built. Uh, Houston Rockets run and gun, shoot a lot of threes, um, and you know playing the numbers game. And OKC turn the clock back a little bit. You know they're going to shoot some mid range jumpers on you. They're going to lock you down with defense. Um, and it's really old school versus new school in the in the craziest sense. Uh, and I'm pumped for it. It's going to be a really good series. Uh, maybe some tensions are going to be flaring a little bit. You know Chris Paul versus James Harden, Russell Westbrook versus old team. Uh, but so much fun to watch. Player to look out for in the uh, in for the the Thunder, I think it's Shea Gilgis. People do not understand that he is one of the best young point guards in the league, uh, scoring 20 points, dishing off assists like crazy. Um, but how is he going to fare in the big stage? He he may have to be guarding uh, James Harden for quite a bit. How is he going to do defensively in, under the bright lights uh, in the Advent Health Arena in Orlando, Florida? Uh, and that's going to be very fun, I think. And, and also to get out there and score some points, too. How is he going to keep his team in the game? Um, and then for the Rockets, player to watch, 
I want to see Robert Covington. I want to see him do a little bit more, get more invested. They traded for him, obviously, a 3 and D guy in the most fullest extent of the phrase. Um, but he's going to be a key cog in, in winning, especially when they go that small ball five um, into to winning some of these games. And I want to see him you know, hit some threes consistently, get into a rhythm. Um, and he's going to turn the tide in a couple of these games. Um, but man, predicting this series is going to be tough. I think some goals for, for each team, for the Thunder, obviously, to win, but to prove that they belong. Show everyone why you are the five seed in the West. Um, and, and for the Rockets, it's to just obliterate them power through and gear up for the Lakers because that's really going to be the series where where they need to go all for it. Um, I think the Rockets have the potential to to win this, but if they get distracted um, and and look ahead too soon, they're going to struggle. But you know, to, to show that they're they're at that level and and the cream of the crop in the West, they got to blow through the Oklahoma City Thunder pretty handily. Um, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I, I got to trust the Thunder on this one. I think really the way that they're built, uh, they're able to withstand poor shooting nights. The Rockets' uh, mentality in, in poor shooting nights is just shoots more. Uh, and I don't know if that's going to carry over so well. Uh, but I, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder winning in seven games, uh, shocking the world in, in a sense because many didn't even predict them to make it into the playoffs, much less the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, but man, it is going to be a very fun series. I'm probably going to sit down and watch every single game just because I am so excited about it. Uh, but that's going to do it for this first round uh, predictions. We'll throw some stuff up on Instagram, talk about it a little bit, see where I went right, see where I went wrong here in a couple weeks. But as we close the show, we're going to get into part seven of the divisional power rankings, uh, which this team, this division might surprise some people this year because I don't think people are really talking enough about how uh, good they are from top to bottom. Uh, one of the the toughest, fiercest divisions in football, and that's the AFC West. Uh, starting at the bottom, we got the Chargers going six and ten. Adam Rank talked about it perfectly on the podcast just last week, basically saying that look, why are we expected to believe in a guy like Tyrod Taylor if you go out with your first round pick when you could have taken you know Isaiah Simmons, you could have taken another defensive lineman to to really build that group. Um, but you took a quarterback in the first round, but we're supposed to believe that Tyrod Taylor is your your, your guy for the future. I'm just not buying it. I, I really don't see where they're coming from, and and um, I think they're going to struggle. I think the defense is going to carry them in a lot of games, but Tyrod Taylor is is a is a checkdown quarterback. Uh, you lost Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. Can he carry the load? It's going to be a, a split back situation, I think, with Eckler and, and Justin Jackson. Um, but I, I think outside of quarterback the chargers are probably uh one of the most talented teams in football you know top 10 top five talent but if you can't get that quarterback right and i don't even think they got it right with herbert you're going to struggle which we're going to see quite a bit um, but i've got them going six and ten this year a team that's a a dark horse favorite to to uh, make the playoffs that that people really just aren't talking about at all is the oakland raiders they were close last year um you look at the group that they've built together it's it's a solid team uh, Josh Jacobs is, is gearing up for a big sophomore year that uh, I'm excited to watch, and, and I'm really gunning for him in fantasy, um, just looking at the production numbers and, and what he's built. Um, Darren Waller, Tyrell Williams, all these guys, um, and you know, they, they made a lot of moves in the offseason, really short up the linebacker core. I got him going 8-8, eight and eight, but I wouldn't be surprised if they bump it up two more, maybe even go 10-6 and six and, and sneak into the playoffs. Um, another team, my favorite team 
uh, in terms of growth in the offseason and a team that I am really excited about for the future is the Denver Broncos. I mean, you look at their draft, they picked up uh, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, two fantastic pieces, uh, some uh, a speedster in KJ Hamler and one of the best complete, most complete wide receivers in the class in Jerry Judy. Uh, and oh yeah, they've still got Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton. They signed Melvin Gordon. They still have Philip Lindsay. Um, and Drew Locke was one of the hottest quarterbacks uh, in football through the last couple of weeks there. If they can capitalize on that uh, with the the defense that they already have built, um, man, it is going to be fun. It is, oh, geez, the, this this group has potential to to shock the world. Uh, and, and really, if they can get everything going, be one of the most potent offenses in the NFL this upcoming season. But obviously, if the offensive line can't get it together, we're going to see a situation similar to the Browns. But Man, oh man, is it going to be fun. I've got them going 10-6, and six, and they're locking up that five seed in the AFC West. Um, then finally, team at the top, Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. I've got them going 12-4, and four, and uh, once again, or not once again because they weren't this year, uh, but they will be the number one seed in the AFC. They really, They didn't really change all that much in terms of personnel, but you look at the group that they have, how young they were. Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes uh, locked those guys up to big deals, as well as Travis Kelsey. Uh, They are going to be good for a while. Uh, And staying the same was perfect because there's just so much youth that they're just going to get better and better. Um, And man, they are going to be an exciting team to watch. But all four of these teams, when they played a uh, divisional game, who knows how it's going to shake out. And that's why uh, I've got them as the second best division in football going to do it for this week's episode thank you so much for tuning in uh, i am so excited sports coming back we're going to get a lot more guests to get you ready for the nfl season uh, and a couple more guests to talk about how the nba playoffs are going uh, and, and really get their two cents on that and probably some more fantasy drafts along the way get you guys ready to go uh, but thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week